0: Hello and welcome to Grace Life Douris. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Hello everyone to be sitting down and speaking to you again from the Word of God. And this is Grace Life where we really want to help every single person discover the reality of Christianity. And it's so, so important. Um, So today I'm going to be speaking to you about being filled with power. And that is so the theme of today. And it's so relevant in today's day and age where we really need the power of God to see transformation in our own life, to see transformation in those around us and those we love, but also in the greater world to see transformation as sometimes I look at the world and think everything has gone crazy. And uh, it can really give you a sense of feeling powerless and overwhelmed, uh, leaving you distracted sometimes just to not see what is out there, or to really feel like hopeless, because what can you do about it? But the good news is, there is something you can do about it. If you're a born-again believer, there is definitely something you can do about it, whether that's in your own life, in the lives of those around you, or whether that is in the greater world at large. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. So let's start with prayer. Grab a cup of coffee. I've got mine. Grab your Bible, and uh, let's go for it. So thank you, Father, for this time together. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth. Thank you that in everything, you are leading us into green pastures. In everything you do, you are leading us to greater, higher places. Father, as we just come to you now, we surrender to what you have, to the word you have to share with us today. And we give you the authority and the right to show us who you are, from the word, and we open our hearts to believe it, as we look at what you've come to accomplish through your work, Jesus, who you are, Holy Spirit, and that we get to connect to you as our heavenly Father. Amen. Awesome. So we are going to just start at Acts two, verse one to four. So you can open your your Bibles there. If you've got an electronic Bible, not a problem. If you've never read a Bible, just read. With me, listen to what it says. So Acts, this is now after de- Jesus' death. Um, I've been speaking through his appearances after his resurrection. Then he gets um, ascended to heaven, back to the Father. And now, only 10 days later, we are in Acts 2, 10 days after the ascension of Jesus. And there's a big festival happening, happening in Jerusalem called um, the Festival of, Harve- of um, Harvest. Or some call it the the festival of weeks. And so there is a big party happening. And so here um, it's called the day of Pentecost. Okay, So when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly they came from heaven, a noise like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them... Tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. So we're going to stop there and say, I'm going to speak to you about what this all means. Because if you just read this at random, it's going to be like, what is happening here? Um, and so, have you ever watched maybe a movie? where they start with the end in mind, they show you a scene from the end, and then they say, just after that, they say, seven days earlier, (laughs) and then they take you back in the movie, and now that part of the end that they showed you in the beginning, now that makes sense, so I'm going to do the same with you today, and just show you, where is this all coming from, Okay. So, first of all, like I said, this was a big celebration in Jerusalem. Um, and if you go and read a bit in the Old Testament, if you want to, you can go and look there. Um, it's all, it's all written down that the, the, um, the Jews or Israel was commanded by God to have certain festivals and one of them was this festival that they had to come back to Jerusalem for to celebrate Pentecost and um, so there was a massive group of Jews um, coming back to Jerusalem for this special celebration and it was called um, the harvest you can call it the harvest but it was called Pentecost and um, during this time Um, they would come back and celebrate. There would be lots of things that they would do. You can read up about that if you're interested in that. There's lots of significance in it as well. But all you need to know for now is that there is a lot of people in the city. And of those people, there is now 120 people filling, filling a room. And they have all believed that Jesus died, rose from the dead, and that he is who he says he is. He, they've also heeded his voice and waited for the empowering. Because in Acts 1, we see that Jesus tells them, um, You need to wait for the empowering. Okay, it says here in verse 5, For you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay, and then in verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. So we're going to look at where does this come from, this idea of what happened here. So last time we spoke, we spoke about authority, realizing that Jesus, in his final words to his disciples, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He was giving them authority to go in his authority, in his name, and go and spread his message, his kingdom, not just in their words, but in how they lived. But he also said to them that what you're going to need is power, not just authority. You're going to need power to do this. And in Acts 2, this is what happens. There's an empowering to accomplish the work of God. Last week I said, authority has purpose. This week I want to tell you, authority plus power equals greater purpose and so as believers when you believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead and that he is Lord You need to know that you are born again. And that means that God's spirit and your spirit have now become one. You've become a new creation, okay? In 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17, it says, But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. How do you join yourself to his spirit? Very simple. You believe it's by heart belief and mouth confession, which we see in Romans, okay? So, When you believed in Romans 8 verse 9, it says, However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If Indeed, the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ... He does not belong to him. So if you've not received Jesus as your personal Lord and savior, but you know that he is real, that the, this is more than a story, that he died, that he rose from the dead, and you put your heart belief in that and you confess that with your mouth, you have become one with the spirit of God. God has put his spirit inside of you and he dwells in you. He has made himself one with you. Okay. And that is what we see happening here at Pentecost, that God's spirit comes and dwells in those who believed. Okay, And so how does it appear this time? Well, this time it appears they're in a room. Imagine now 120 people gathering together. They are celebrating Pentecost. And then as they most probably may be worshiping the Lord as they praying, this violent wind rushes in, you know, and I'm sure they were thinking, what's happening here? Because they're in a the house. And then suddenly, even more weird, this fire appears on top in the room and the fire kind of distributes itself on top of every person's head. And there's these little fires on top of every person's head. And then they start to speak with other tongues. Now, in this instance, their tongues could be understood. If you read further, they could preach in many languages. They could share the good news of Jesus in many languages. What was happening here? What does this all mean to us? Well, fire, even today, is really a symbol of of power. If you think about how devastating a a bushfire can be. Um, If you think about the power of fire, it can be unpredictable. Um, You think about the heat that fire can give. Think about when it's winter and you put on the fire in the house. It brings heat. Have you ever stepped into a place where there is a fire burning? Doesn't it feel so, not just heat, but it feels so comfortable. It feels like you just want to grab a chair, sit down with a blanket if it's winter and just enjoy that. So that's true today. But what did it mean to the Jews there? What was happening here? Well, we see that it all comes from their scriptures. Now, scripture means Genesis to uh, Malachi. That's referring to what the the Bibles today have called Old Testament. So in Exodus 19 verse 18, we see this scripture. Now Mount Sinai was all in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the entire mountain quaked violently. In Exodus 40, we kind of have the same thing where the temple is filled with God's presence and there's smoke and fire and God fills the temple. So what does all of this mean? Well, every time in these instances where we see God's spirit being present, we actually see that in the scriptures or the Old Testament, it many times is associated with fire, fire coming down. It's so important, especially when we see when they make the temple. The temple was the place that God would rest among his people. It would be the place that his presence would be among the people, his people who believed in him, who he chose. Okay. And so now this, this presence was represented by fire, sometimes by smoke or by a cloud, but this was very significant to the the men and women who were gathered in that room. They understood that this was more than just some kind of um, random spiritual act and fires appear, fire appeared. They would understand that God was saying, I am going back all the way to fulfill the scriptures that was spoken of me. And instead of you having to go to a temple where you had to be in one place to fellowship with me, to have communion with me, to have relationship with me, now I am coming to put my fire, my presence inside of you and you would become my temple on earth. The new temple of Jesus's body is us. Now God has chosen to live in us. How can he do it? Well, this is the incredible beauty of what Jesus came to do. Jesus is both beautiful, necessary, and significant. And we see this so clearly in scriptures. You see, without the work of Jesus, without what had happened at... um um, at his crucifixion without, out his resurrection, without him being ascended to the father and going back to the father, he could not send, he could not fulfill this work that he had to do. His work was accomplished on earth and then the, the result, let's say the first fruit of his work on earth was that he could send the Spirit of God, the Father could send the Spirit of God because now we who believe can receive the Spirit. The Spirit can dwell in us, make His home in us. And now we become Jesus' purpose on earth. We become new temples walking around that can reflect and show the whole world the power of God and the authority of God in the name of Jesus. Isn't that incredible? This is not something random and new. God didn't, actually in Jesus, he didn't do anything new. It is all, all already prophesied. It is all already um, drawn into the scriptures for us to see he was fulfilling it all. He was the point of it all. And the Spirit the, the Spirit filling us was the point since the beginning of creation. Okay, Imagine in the beginning, in Genesis 1, we see God is there. And who is moving over the earth, over the darkness, over this void place, this place where there's no light? Who was there? Holy Spirit. What do you think it looked like? I am sure it looked like fire moving around this the space that was dark and void and without form. And as God spoke the word, we know now the word, because of John 1, as he spoke those words, that was Jesus, the Trinity was already there. He spoke the word, let there be light, and immediately light was, there was light. The Spirit used the word of God and created it and made it. And so today we also can see That from the beginning, it was God's desire to fill the whole earth with his light. And so at Pentecost, he fills all of us with his light. Let's look if there's any other places that we can see the evidence of this. Well, let's look at Isaiah. This is a prophet of the old. And the prophet says to us, what is going to be happening? I'm just going to use a few scriptures. Uh, There's many more that we can look at, but let's start with these. 42, verse 1. Excuse me. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. This is speaking about Jesus. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. Um, Or it says in other translations, he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. So he's speaking about Jesus and he's saying, He delights in Jesus. God delights in Jesus. And he has put his spirit in him or upon him. And what shall he bring? He shall bring justice to the Gentiles or to the nations. He's saying that he will bring God's will on earth to all the nations. Okay. Let's look at Ezekiel 36. If you go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel is just a few pages on. Um, Ezekiel 36. Verse 26 to 27. Um, I will make, this is God's words, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them and will set my um, sanctuary in their midst forever. My dwelling place also will be with them and I will be their God and they will be my people. Um, so now let's read it from the King James. A new heart also will I give them and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And he shall keep my judgments and do them. Oh, I was reading from Ezekiel 37, the first one I was reading, but isn't it beautiful? It also links. So Ezekiel 37 verse 26 and 27 is speaking about how he will make his sanctuary in the midst, right in the midst of us forever, a dwelling place also. And I will be their God. Isn't that incredible? And then in Ezekiel 36, he says, a new heart I will put in them, a new spirit I will put within them. I will take away their stony heart of flesh. I will give them a heart or a stony heart and I will give them my heart, as God is saying, I will put my spirit in them and I will cause them to walk according to my statutes. What an incredible scripture. Have you ever felt like you've got a hard heart? You can't listen to God. You don't know his ways. You can't understand him. Yet you have chosen to believe that Jesus is Lord and you've made him Lord of your life because he is Lord and you've accepted that. Uh, I've got some news for you. When you made him Lord of your life by heart belief and mouth confession, you got a new heart. God's spirit came to dwell in you. He became one with you. You are now one with God and you are able to hear his voice. You are able to operate in his power, in his authority. You might not have been doing it very well, but you have a brand new heart. You can follow God's will. You can follow God's ways. You can be an ambassador and representative of God on earth because God has empowered you and given you authority to do it with a purpose, his purpose, of seeing the whole world come to know him. His heart's desire is that no one perish. And as he fills the believers with his spirit, as he gives to us this right to become children of God, not born of the flesh, but born of his spirit, you know what happens? He gives us a mission, an exciting adventure to go wherever we are, and see this happening to every person on earth, that they too may receive salvation, that they may be filled, that that place of their heart that's longing for more, no matter how okay they look on the outside, that place is looking for Jesus to fill it, you know, and so in Isaiah 44 verse 3, um, it says, I'm just going to read this one for you, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. This is speaking about what God would do through the spirit. If you feel like your heart is high, dry ground or your life is dry ground. And like I said in the beginning, there's nothing really you can do about it. That's wrong. He has poured out his spirit in you when you're a believer so that you never have to thirst. You never have to experience that feeling where you feel dry. Why? Because God's Spirit is living inside of you. Okay? If you do have that feeling, the reason why is because you don't know who's living inside of you. You haven't awakened to the truth that God's Spirit is inside of you. So that's why I'm sharing this. Awaken to it. Look at it in Scripture. Believe it. And start asking God, how to use this that is within you for his purpose. Let's look at Luke 3 verse 16. So John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I comes, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. It's exactly what John was saying. I'm sure there were some believers Many of them in this room that day in Acts 2 who knew John's words because they had gone to him as the one who was preparing the way to Jesus. Okay. And now the completed baptism happens. The baptism that we are supposed to be under is the baptism of the Holy Ghost and of fire. Okay. What was he saying? He would fill us with the Holy Ghost and with his presence with presence, so that we could accomplish the mighty works of God on earth. Isn't that incredible? So now uh, we know that John says it. In the, so we just saw the prophet saying it. Now we see John, who came before Jesus, was pointing to Jesus. He's saying, this is what you need, his baptism. Okay. Now John 7, verse 37 to 39, it says, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scriptures said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he said in reference to the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So now we know in Acts Two, Jesus has been glorified, and now the Spirit can be given, okay? And this is a beautiful picture, living water coming from within you, overflowing, never running dry, because God's Spirit is now living inside of you. We could go into that as well, but I'm just going to, this is more like a teaser um, to get you to study this out for yourself. Let's now go and look at another scripture. This one, I think we shall all go and check out in the the Bible with me. So instead of me just reading it, okay? Um, Or let's read this one like this. John 4 verse 13 to 14. I'm going to read this one. Together we'll read the next one. John 4 verse 13 to 14. Jesus answered and said to her, this is the woman at the well, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. That's natural water. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never be thirsty, but the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. What is this water? This is God's spirit. This is man becoming born again, born of the spirit. Okay. And now within them dwells the water that brings life. So let's go and look at one more scripture, John 14. So I just took you from, from the, sorry, one more um, new testament scripture we took you from the scriptures of the old where the prophets were speaking about jesus now i'm showing you some parts where where jesus is on earth and what is he saying just a few of them what is he saying about holy spirit go to john 14 verse 16 to 17 verse 16 to 17 i will ask the father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever that is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you, you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. You see, he is speaking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, something far greater than just the Spirit moving among us, which most people can experience and they experience it in different ways. God is saying, when you believe, I will put my Spirit in you and I will accomplish a great work through you in your own life and also in those around you, if you'll allow me to. He has given us both authority and power, okay? Think about it like this. Have you ever seen an excavator, okay? One of those big um, lorries that lifts up sand or picks up heavy rocks. There's a driver behind that thing. It has great power, but there's a driver who drives that thing, right? And um, it can do great things, now, imagine the driver of that thing jumps out of that excavator, drive jumps out and says, well, I'm so tired. I lifted so many heavy things today. He might be tired because of the work he did and because he focused on the work, but he cannot say he lifted a lot of things. No, his power is in the fact that he is in something. Okay. Now, in the same way, Jesus has put his spirit in us. He has put his authority. He's given us his authority. He's given us his power. And now our part is to figure out how to use it. And we will see mighty things in our life when we are using it for his purpose. What is his purpose? To see the whole world, those who are lost, becoming found. To see those who are in darkness turn to light. To see those who are captive by the works of the devil being set free. We can participate in this because God has given us the power and authority to do it with him and through him, you know? And so we can never give glory to ourselves or say, oh, look how good I am, or I did all this work. We can just say, God, you are so good. I can't believe that this could happen, be happening in my life and through my life. So, I'm going to finish with this scripture um, of Ananias. And uh, this is in Acts 9, verse 17. Um, he departed and entered the house. This is, he goes to the house where Paul, or then Saul, who was persecuting the church, he went there and after laying his hands on him, because now Saul is blind, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, has sent me so that you may regain your sight. So first turning him from darkness to light and be filled with the Holy Spirit saying be born again you need to be filled with the holy spirit and that is to be born again okay and so how did he do that well now paul believed that jesus was lord indeed and i'm sure he got him to pray with him and he was born again filled with the holy spirit and what a life change what an incredible life change This soul was persecuting the church. Now, because of that experience, he got to be part of the mission of God on earth and saw great things in his life as he turned the world upside down and right side up with the gospel. This is true of every single one of us. Every single believer can partake in this. In 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13, it says, For by one Spirit, We were all baptized into one body. This is not speaking about water baptism. This is the baptism of the Spirit. We were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. Beloved, I want you to know today, as we close this session, that Jesus' final work, like I want to say His best work, His final touch, was to give us His Spirit. How many years in my young life did I not know this? How I wish I could go back and tell the young me, this is what's in you. You have the power of God Almighty inside of you. You have His very presence. Now, don't make Holy Spirit just a power thing. There's more. It's His presence. It's a person. But within that person, we have the power of God, the creative power of God, the Creator who was there from the beginning is now dwelling in each and every one of the believers one of each and every one of his children are now born from above. And with that, we also got authority from Jesus. Okay. He didn't just die, get rose again, and then continued on his mission on his own. No, he gave his body authority. We are now the body of Jesus on the earth. He is in heaven at the right hand of the father. And he is saying, you are my body. I am the head but you are my body. We are all filled with one spirit and together we can complete a great work of God on the earth. And we can see the world change. We can see our lives transformed. We can see our families transformed. Our communities transformed and the whole world transformed and come to a revelation and knowledge Of who God is. They can go from darkness to light. From being blind to seeing. And from being dead to being alive. If we will just partner with God. Believe what he says in his word. And step up and step into it. Hallelujah. I'm encouraged. I hope you are too. I'm looking forward. Please send me testimonies or questions about this. As you listen to this. And I'm believing that through our um, obedience to the word, that we're going to see great things in the name of Jesus. And we're going to be able to say, God, I've got to be part of this adventure. I've got to use the power and authority that you gave us to see your purpose accomplished on earth. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Douris area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.com.